Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site, out in the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500. Or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC. We are professional grade. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. You're listening to the Huddle Up Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge. Oh man, we have been looking forward to this podcast, but we got to let it breathe just for a moment. We got to bring on Facebook, make sure we got everybody under the same roof here, and we'll fire this bad boy up. We are good. Welcome in, everybody, to the Huddle Up podcast, presented, as always, by Mile High Huddle. I'm your host, Chad Jensen, and with me is my partner in crime, my fellow football priest, and the deputy editor of MileHighHuddle.com. He is Zach Kelberman. Zach, I know you were never the biggest fan of of Teddy Bridgewater landing in Denver. I was much more amenable to the idea, but off the cuff, Broncos trade a six-round pick, get Teddy today. Uh, Teddy wanted to come to Denver. Teddy was willing to restructure his deal. Panthers took on a big chunk of what's left on his guarantee for 2021. That kind of sets the stage. What was your gut reaction? I can't say I was surprised, Chad. We've been kind of setting the table for this kind of move for a while now. In the last couple weeks, it became apparent that George Payton would have some sort of interest in reuniting with Teddy Bridgewater, who he helped draft in Minnesota. I wouldn't have liked the move, obviously, if they acquired him at his current contract or what it was. But when you give up a six-round pick for him and you only agree to take on $4.5 million of over $17 million, how do you hate that move? I don't love it, but like I wrote on Twitter today, like the A.J. Boye trade last year, like the Jarrell Casey trade last year, for flyers of that magnitude, how could you go against it, Chad? These are the best kinds of moves. It's low-risk, high-reward. If it works out, great. If it doesn't, oh well, we'll move on. It doesn't preclude the Broncos from playing Drew Locke this year. It doesn't preclude the Broncos from going quarterback tomorrow in the first round. They got their veteran guy. He got a guy, George Payton, who he knows intimately. So how could you really hate on it too much? I agree. I always kind of I like the idea of Teddy landing here if the conditions were right. And one of those conditions for me was he's got to be willing – two things. One, he's got to be willing to take a little less money. And then two is Carolina's got to be willing to foot some of that bill. And both of those conditions were met 
And for a sixth-round pick, I mean, to me, it's almost a no-brainer. And that's not to take away from any of my belief or confidence in giving Drew, uh, you know, kind of moving forward into 2021 with Drew as the presumptive QB1. If anything, Zach, I think this bolsters the notion that the Broncos are rolling with Drew and Teddy's the failsafe. Like he'll come in there and push him, provide a little competitive anxiety to Drew Locke. But I think more than anything, and I know there's a people out there that'll disagree with me, and I'm sure a lot of MHHers as well. This telegraphs to me that this is 2021 is about running back with Drew, but we're not going to be dumb. We're not going to be suckers again and pin all our hopes on Drew in the event that he gets hurt, like we did last year with our only backup option of of note being Jeff Driscoll. This time we're going to give ourselves a fighting chance if something were to befall Drew or, heaven forbid, he falls flat on his face. Yeah, you know, literally right now while we're podcasting, I'm looking over an article that I just published from ESPN's Adam Schefter who reported that the Broncos are not out of the quarterback market despite acquiring Teddy Bridgewater. Um, it might be a smokescreen on the Broncos' part. I don't see Denver, Chad, making two blockbuster quarterback moves back-to-back. And this move today reminded me of what George Payton said about uh, addressing cornerback in free agency. He said, now we don't have to reach. Now we don't have to uh, overdraft someone. We don't have to take someone now. And I know there are two different positions entirely, cornerback and quarterback. One's way more important than the other, but I feel like this move was made because of that same mindset. They don't have to reach for a Fields. They don't have to trade up for a Trey Lance. They don't have to settle, quote-unquote, on a Mac Jones. They are truly well-equipped to go BPA, Chad. And I cannot remember a time where the Broncos were truly this well set up where they can take anyone on the board, whether it's an offensive tackle, a quarterback, or a cornerback, or an inside linebacker. So that's what, that's how I interpreted that move from the Broncos. This was the quarterback maneuver Peyton was going to make. And we've been laying the tracks for it the entire offseason. Don't hold your breath on a blockbuster draft move. Don't hold your breath on a Deshaun Watson or even a Fields or Lance coming here. The Broncos were always higher on lock than the fan base wanted to admit, and we saw it come out today. And you know what? If worse comes to worse, and Drew Locke does fall on his face or, heaven forbid, gets hurt, you can win some games with this defense, this supporting cast, and Teddy Bridgewater. So I think the Broncos, by leaps and bounds, maybe not by leaps and bounds, Broncos got better today. Broncos improved their prospects. They bolstered their depth at the most important position on the field. And they got a guy that's appeared in 59 NFL games, many starts under his belt, former first-round pick. You talk about, Zach, the connection with George Payton. I mean, the other night, or uh, a week ago tomorrow, in his pre-draft, uh, pre-draft presser, George Payton referred to him as Teddy by his first name, right? Called him Teddy when talking about, he was asked a question about the Vikings draft back in the day. And did you, you know, I think it was a question referencing, you know, the Vikings approach draft-wise at the quarterback position. And he referenced, he ended up bringing up on his own volition, Teddy Bridgewater. But he didn't say Teddy Bridgewater. He said Teddy, right? In a very familiar uh, type of way. So, you get George Payton, uh, he's got his kind of fail-safe guy. Plus, I mean, he didn't get to really play any football under Pat Shermer, but Pat Shermer coached him. You know, most of the time that Pat Shermer was the guy at the at the controls in that Vikings offense, Teddy was still recovering from his grievous knee injury. And by the time he was greenlit to play and he was able to rejoin the sideline, do all that stuff on game day, you know, Case Keenum had was pretty well entrenched as the guy. They were, you know, double-digit wins by that point. And you're not going to go off Case Keenum, even though they kept everyone in suspense each week, including Keenum, as far as who's going to be our starter. 
nevertheless, there's at least Zach that base familiarity. So I really do see it as a, as a win-win situation. And I know the fans out there, Zach, that were just pining, pining for that first-round quarterback are uber disappointed at this stage. But I do think, you know, the Broncos got better today. They did. And you know what? It, it still might happen. They still might go quarterback in round one. That's not off the table, but it just seems to me the Broncos were telegraphing this the entire offseason. They wanted veteran competition, not necessarily a rookie or a young quarterback to come in behind Drew Locke. But you know what it says to me, Chad? The way they worked out his contract, it's a one-year deal. They got Carolina to absorb a lot of the money. They gave up only a six-round pick. I believe he would have went for a seventh if the Broncos didn't or you know, figure out a way to uh, – the financial aspect of the contract, but I don't think they acquired him to start. I don't think that's the expectation. I really don't. I think he's going to be the fail safe. He's going to be the backup. No matter how much Broncos country or the Drew Locke haters out there want Bridgewater to start this year. I don't think he's the QB one. I think if, if Locke gets injured, if Locke falls on his face, yeah, by default, he'd be the QB one, but this was a backup move because they're giving Locke, whether you like it or not, that chance to run it back with a, Full season, a full off season, all the weapons around him, and none of those excuses, situations, scenarios, what have you. That's what I think. It's Locke and then Bridgewater, not Bridgewater than Locke. We'll talk more about it as we get farther and farther into the show. We want to hear your reactions, your comments, your questions on this very subject. And we're really excited because it's Wednesday, which means it's another superstar segment. And we are super stoked to uh, have Crudum on the show. All right, one of the superstars. We're going to bring him on here on the other side and then get to your super chats. And by the way, John, the clo- the stream just jumped and I'm at 616 with Kathy Lund is the closest. So there's we've got just real quick a quick list, Christian, Franklin, Tom, Paul, Ed, uh, Michaela, Dale, ER, Mile High Truth and then uh, that that kind of puts us current. So, we want to bring uh Crudum on and pick his brain on some of these very issues. But first, we got to say thank you to the presenting sponsor of tonight's live stream podcast, Manscaped. Guys, hey, the sun's out. That means guns out. Time to start really taking your um, appearance and your male grooming as seriously as possible. And Manscaped is the best vehicle to help you do that. They helped over 2 million men around the world, including us, all right, take their male grooming to another level. So if you've been kicking that can down the road, if you've been procrastinating, do so no more. Manscaped is here, Zach, to help everybody, all the dudes out there, take their below-the-belt grooming to a whole other level. Oh, man, you know, I'll spare everyone and not talk about below the belt, but above the belt, Chad, I could not be happier with the way the lawnmower 3.0, as I'm holding right here, the way it can work on my face, underneath my neck, around my shoulders and my arms. I use this product a lot. I'm going to keep it pretty brief tonight, but this is the crown jewel of the Manscaped lineup, and I use this really, really often. It's comfortable. It holds a charge. It has a light. It's everything you want in a male grooming product. So if you're on the fence let me push you over. I promise you, you'll be happy if you get Manscaped. That's right. Go to manscaped.com, and if you use the code HUDDLE, you're going to get 20% off plus free shipping, and your two buddies down below will thank you. Yes, get 20% off and free shipping with the code HUDDLE at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com, and use the code HUDDLE. All right, a couple quick things here, and then we'll bring on Crudum and uh, get to the meat and potatoes of tonight's show. Just real quick, guys, make sure you're connected with us on Twitter, at HuddleUpPod and at MileHighHuddle. You can follow my partner here, Zach Kelberman. Zach, go ahead and take the call-outs real quick. My dogs are being dumb. I got to wait a second. 
The beauty of live podcasting. Yes, follow us at Mile Huddle, the official mothership account of the program. Uh, follow the, yes, the, the Facebook page, facebook.com slash Huddle. Become a supporter. We have KK number 16, I believe it is, on Sunday to recap the Broncos draft. We have uh, trick, Trickle Zone on Saturday. I believe it's Saturday at noon. Uh, so, yes, you don't want to miss that. Hit the big blue button on uh, the Facebook page. Become a supporter. Five bucks a month. I promise you it's worth every penny, and we appreciate everyone's support out there. But if you can't do that, we don't definitely uh, understand and appreciate your decision, but subscribe, like, and share. We cannot tell you how crucial, how paramount it is to our success and our growth. It takes two seconds, and we appreciate it more than we can tell you. Thank you, and I'll let Shad take it from here. Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site, out on the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500. Or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC. We are professional grade. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. All right, without further ado, let's bring on the star of tonight's show. All right. He is relatively new to MHH. When I say relatively, I want to say like the last four or five months or so, but he has quickly endeared himself to us and I know to the community. Crudum in the house, MHH superstar. It's been great to have you, my friend. Thanks for making some time for us. And it's a very momentous day in terms of Broncos news, lots of hot takes and reactions flying around the, the blogosphere. But first things first, how are you doing tonight, my friend? I'm doing pretty good. Um, like I said, I'm, I'm here at work. I'm on my lunch break, but I'm just chilling. I'm just chilling. We have some uh, fan-related questions that we're going to get to, but since the hot topic that's on everybody's mind right now, and it's pressing, Teddy Bridgewater, what was your gut reaction to the move? Um, I felt the same exact at first. Uh, not really surprised. Kind of felt it was a right around the corner. Um, and at first, I wasn't too keen on the idea. Uh, I was kind of more leaning towards a quarterback in like the third round, like a young quarterback just to come in, 
But uh, once I saw what the actual deal was, so the amount that Carolina's taking on, and it was just a six-round pick, I, I kind of brought myself around to being able to stomach it. Now, Crudum, I guess, judging by your answer, would you go quarterback tomorrow? I mean, does this change how you would attack the draft? You're the general manager, not George Payton, of the Broncos. Where would you go tomorrow, number nine overall? Um, I'm still sticking with Locke. And I'm going defense, um, probably linebacker, first round. I'd probably trade back and then hope that uh, one of my top linebackers falls to me. So on that topic, real quick, actually, I'm going to put a pin in that just for a second. I want to shout out Christian. Appreciate you, my friend, for the super chat. His take, and I want to get your thoughts on this, Chris. In my opinion, I think Bridgewater means we are going either for Justin Fields or Trey Lance, and it's the end Lock. So first thing, we'll get to linebackers more here in a minute, Chris. Well, Crudum, what's your reaction? Are you uh, Do you agree with Christian that this somehow telegraphs that, nope, 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 Broncos are going QB? Um, so I, it's definitely not outside the realm of possibility. Um, I've definitely considered that that's definitely the, the way that they're leaning is you bring in Teddy Bridgewater to be the vet on his one-year deal. You let him play that out and you sit the rookie behind him. And uh, and then maybe depending upon how the season goes, maybe you let the rookie play about mid- midway, maybe a little later in the season. But it's I'm still I'm still confident that it's going to be locked though. Yeah, Chris, I uh, personally believe that George Payton gets an A for this entire offseason, the way he's constructed the roster going into the draft and uh, keeping the Broncos leverage high and doing the best thing for the Broncos' interest. How would you grade George Payton's offseason, and do you think he's going to have uh, a home run haul this coming weekend? Um, I agree with you on the grade so far during this offseason. Minus, you know, obviously I felt the same way you guys did. I wish Philip Lindsay would have stayed. But aside from that, I have I have no issues with what he's done so far. And based off of what he's done so far and how impressed I've been, I have zero doubt in his ability in tomorrow's draft, as long as the right players fall to us. All right, so let's real quick talk about linebackers. You like the idea with, with Bridgewater being in Denver now, going with a linebacker, even if that means maybe the best you know solution being trading back, taking one kind of maybe – late teens, early 20s, something like that, maybe mid-20s. But who are your top two or three linebackers in this class that you could see really shining with Vic Fangio? Um, so if I had to make this, um, I'm probably going if, – if the character concerns bother them that much about Micah Parsons, if he potentially fell in the idea that we traded back, then if I would take Jameen Davis. But if we stay at nine – I'd probably be okay with taking Mike Parsons. We didn't, Chris, we didn't get to ask you. We usually start off that way. Obviously, it's a pressing podcast. But real quickly, tell us how you became a Broncos fan. Tell us your indoctrination period into Broncos country. How did that come together? At a young age, back in around 2004, I was uh, living with my dad. I had moved with my mom to uh, – um, I had moved with my mom. And I was new to the area, didn't really know anybody. I became friends with this young kid. Uh, he used to love football and basketball just like I did. And um, he was a Denver Broncos fan. And I sort of fell into the Denver Broncos from there. I was more of a, a play. I'm more, I was more of a fan of individual players than I was a specific team. 
And I was a huge fan of Champ Bailey. And when he went to Denver, that's just sort of where I stayed around there in 2004. Just with Denver ever since Champ Bailey arrived. That 2004 season was a doozy. Unfortunately, like the one prior, it ended in disappointment in the in the wild card round when Peyton Manning just dissected the Denver Broncos. But that next year, man, that was the final uh, hurrah or the last hurrah for Mike Shanahan getting the Broncos all the way to the AFC title game. No mistake, Jake. All right, that's what everyone was calling him that year because he played just so efficiently. You know, the touchdowns, the yardage was still coming, but he was protecting the ball. And then, Chris, at the least, what's what, what's the opposite of penultimate, right? The least opportune moment in the AFC title game, hosting against a upstart Pittsburgh Steelers team whose young quarterback was only in year two. He decides, you know what, this is the day I'm going to go ahead and revert back to that old Jake Plummer that burned out in Arizona. I'm going to throw a bunch of picks. You know, I'm going to take a bunch of sacks, loosey-goosey with the ball. And the Broncos, of course, missed the opportunity to get to the Super Bowl, which – if they had, Chris, I don't know about you, but I'm confident if that team manages to handle its business at home, takes care of Pittsburgh, they beat Matt Hasselbeck and, and Sean Alexander's Seattle Seahawks going away. I definitely agree that if we would have made it to the Super Bowl, we were taking that championship. Honestly, I don't remember that game that well. Man, it's a lot of my uh, childhood just comes and goes, man. Life comes at you so fast. And uh, I was I was a rowdy kid. I never sat still for very long. So a I lot feel of you. stuff is just it's missed me. <laughs> but but I, I I just I just remember Champ Bailey just being and uh, as a young player he inspired me to play cornerback. And if not for some injuries in high school, I I probably would have gone on to college to play corner and everything else. Very cool, Zach. You want to grab this one? Yeah, Andy uh, uh, dropping a $10 super. Thank you so much, Andy. He asks, are we sure Peyton is a rookie GM? Getting a surefire upgrade to the quarterback room at that price is a steal, in my opinion. Plenty of flexibility in the draft, too. And Peyton, we trust. It's amazing. You'd never know he was a rookie GM because he really isn't a rookie GM. He's been doing this job de facto-wise for 10 years in Minnesota uh, next to Rick Spielman with the Vikings. But the way he's come in here, Chad, and changed the culture uh, almost overnight, the way he's handled the roster, locked down his homegrown players, and he really already has the pulse of the locker room. I could not be more impressed with the way he's gone about using the signing period not to overindulge, not going all Bill Belichick and overcompensate, but you know, filling holes here and there, locking down your core players, and putting the Broncos in the best position possible heading into the draft, where they can go anywhere in round one now. That's where you want to be. And for a rookie GM to get there, a rookie GM that's succeeding John Elway of all people, I mean, how could you not be impressed? All right, Crudum, one last question for you, my friend, and then we'll cut you loose. And again, thank you for making time for us and for everything you do week in, week out here yes. for MHH. But it would we would be remiss on a superstar segment, especially your first appearance, to not ask you, what is your favorite Denver Broncos memory as a fan? And then conversely, your worst. Um, I'll start with my worst because uh, I remember it burned me up that day. Um, it was the AFC. What it was the divisional round, I believe, against the, play, uh, against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, no, 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 not against the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Ravens. Against the Ravens, yes. Um, I believe it was 
it, it, correct me if I'm wrong, I believe it was a pass interference call that led to putting the Ravens in position to kick that field goal, Justin Tucker, on Champ Bailey, I believe it was. Mm. Um, but I remember I was watching that game at work, and one of my coworkers was a Ravens fan, and I, I – I'm not a huge fan of talking trash, mainly because I get really I get really into my sports, so I don't really like to talk trash to other people and have people talk trash to me. And I just remember him talking so much trash, and I got, got so angry. And I just I left I went outside for a little while for about a good half hour and just sat down, just stewing over, just angry that we lost that game. Oh yeah, dude, that was a, that was a stunner. That was a stunner. And I don't recall now that you mentioned it in the in the overtime if that was a pi on Bailey, but I I'll take. I, I'll take your word for it for now. We'll look into it. But that being the case, that was, and by the way, kudos. When when I when someone says, "Hey, dude, I got good news, bad news," I always say, "Give me the bad news first. I want to end on the good note." So you you hit the bad news first, right? Your worst memory. What, what's your what's your favorite memory? And then uh, we'll cut you loose. My favorite memory is uh, it all boils back to Chan Bailey. I remember it was, I believe it was an interception against the Patriots. I don't remember the specific game, but he returned it for ninety nine yards. I believe, and he returned it for a touchdown. Yeah, well, almost, almost, almost. Yeah, he got caught from behind by uh, Benjamin. Was Benjamin Watson, John? Yeah, Benjamin Watson. But that was the that was the 2005 season I was talking about, where they got to the AFC title game. The game prior, they handed the Pitts or the uh, New England Patriots their first postseason loss of the Tom Brady era. Mm Hmm. I was already not a huge fan of Tom Brady then. So uh, I'm and to this day I'm still I'm not a fan of the Patriots or Tom Brady as a whole, but uh, yeah I just I, I just remember that being one of the moments where I was just like I want to play corner now and I, I went to my mom and I told her I said hey sign me up for football I want to give it a go. That's awesome, man. Well, Chris, aka Crudum, thank you so much for making some time for us and uh, telling us some of your uh, t- some of your story and also again for everything you do for for the for the brand and what you mean to the community. We'll definitely look forward to hopefully getting you back on the show again, maybe sometime after the draft. We'll uh, we'll see what the schedule is looking like because we'd love to get you back on when we're not kind of so pressured to get to some of these hotter topics that are cooking right now, but. Again, dude, thanks for making some time for us. It's been great to talk with you, and we'll talk with you soon. Oh, absolutely. Thank you guys for having me on. I look forward to coming back. I'm about to head back to work myself, and I'll, just, I'll be tuning in live with my, my phone and my, my phone and my lab coat just watching. <laughs> right on. Thank you, Chris. Appreciate you, Chris. All right. Have a good night, right, buddy. Thank you. Yep, you. All right. There he goes. I hit it prematurely by about half a second there, but <laughs> Crudum, the man, dude, great to talk with him. Yes. And, you know, cool guy. Dedic- when, when we started arranging the time for him to come on the show, uh, little did I know, I knew that he had a you know unique schedule and that uh, he would make time for it because as active as he is in our communities and every, every uh, chat, every stream, and then he'll super and everything, you know, he does that at work, you know, he's doing it at work. And so he made time for us at work. That's a dedicated cat. Yeah, he's a really interesting guy, really cool Broncos fan. I'm glad we got to talk to him, Chad, because that's a really unique story. Every time we ask a Broncos fan how they became a Broncos fan, it's, you know, Elway, TD, even Peyton Manning, but to hear Chant Bailey and the memories associated with that, I thought that was really unique and really cool. Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site. 
out on the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500, or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC, we are professional grade. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. By the way, welcome to, we got about 600 with us almost on YouTube, another couple hundred on Facebook, uh, Twitch, Twitter. Welcome to each and every one of you, especially on YouTube and Facebook. Hey, give us the like. Make sure you give this, this video a like. It helps us out tremendously. Franklin Peterson, thank you for the super chat, my friend. Make sure you connect with us on Twitter. He says, if Drew can't beat out Teddy for the starting job, then he wasn't the guy to begin with, in my opinion. Let him duke it out in camp and may the best QB win. Zach, I could not agree more. If you can't fend off and vanquish Teddy Bridgewater as the already kind of entrenched incumbent, then it wasn't meant to be for you, period. See, I disagree a little bit because I Bridgewater has a leg up by being Teddy Bridgewater, by having that draft cachet, by having the familiarity with George Payton, by having more name recognition and more experience in the NFL. This is a quarterback, Chad, who started for the Saints a couple years ago. He was the Panthers' full-time starter last year. So Bridgewater obviously has more skin in the game. He was a first-round pick, unlike Drew Locke. I don't think it's a fair competition on an equal playing field. But if it comes down to that, I agree with the premise, though. If Locke, in his third year now, with all that he's trying to do, talking to Peyton Manning and having Pat Shermer back for another year, if he can't beat someone out, you know, like Paxton Lynch couldn't beat out Trevor Simeon, then we know what we have in him going forward. And personally, look, the best we got from Drew was the year he had – to really kind of, I mean, you got to prove yourself every year, especially as a young player. And even the veterans that are tenured, I mean, even Peyton Manning, you know, when he came here in 2012, he still had to prove himself. But nevertheless, you know, the, his best year, or his best, not year, his best, I don't know, run so far was his rookie year. And what was the environment? The environment was the Broncos had just gone out less than a year prior and traded a mid-round pick. They were paying Joe Flacco, who was under contract for the next year, the, there was some pressure. There was some competitive anxiety. And in my opinion, I think it played a role in Drew 
not only elevating and playing well in those five starts where he went four and one to end the season, but it probably drove him to get back on the field as quickly as he did. And not only quick uh, health to health, I should say, but not only that, because, you know, he was healthy almost five weeks before the Broncos actually activated him. There was some politics going on there, but nevertheless, I think that informed also how seriously he attacked. Because remember the storylines when he was on the sideline recovering from that thumb was, you know, he's actually going through, uh, he's he's watching practice in person, and then he's taking the VR home, and he's going through each day's practice twice in his, uh, you know, in the VR at home, writing everything up. I think a big part of that, Zach, was the fact that, look, I got to separate from the veteran, and then I got to separate from, you know, uh, Brett Rippon, who they also signed and paid an unprecedented record guaranteed contract to for a college free agent for an undrafted rookie. And so I, I maintain confidently that I think having Teddy here, I do believe it's going to bring out better. It's going to bring out a better version of Drew Luck. I could just see the storylines and the headlines being written right now. If Locke loses, they, they'll say, oh, well, Bridgewater was always the better option. Locke never had it. But if Locke wins that battle, they'll say, well, it's just Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, he's nothing anyway. It's no big deal. I just, you know, it, can we pull up, Chad, before I forget, I, 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 yep. I said it to you right before – on the podcast tonight, yep. there's this narrative out there that Teddy Bridgewater is this Alex Smith game manager, careful, safe, never makes mistakes kind of quarterback. But as you can see right there, we all know about Locke's tendency to throw interceptions, and he threw eight under pressure in 2020. But who was second last year in the NFL under pressure throwing picks? That would be Teddy Bridgewater, the guy who had 15 touchdowns to 11 picks last year. It, it, Locke had 15, right? 15 or 16 picks. So it's not that much different. You're not really getting an upgrade as a starter, for sure. And you can argue, compared to a Kellen Mond or a Davis Mills, is Bridgewater even a upgraded backup? Is he the best backup they could have brought in? I just want to dismantle this narrative that's forming around this quarterback, though. He is not this impervious, mistake-free signal caller, Chad. He's not honestly quite the opposite of that, and he's prone to the same meltdowns as Locke is. Yeah, Locke ended up with 16 touchdown passes to 15 interceptions, <clears throat> and uh, Teddy, uh, uh, 15 to 11. <clears throat> Excuse me. So yeah, he's, you know, but in fairness, all right, I'll I'll, I'll say one thing. If you go back and look at Teddy Bridgewater's uh, seasons in the NFL, in which he actually saw real playing time, for the most part, he was a guy that did a good job at protecting the ball. Although one of the most indelible memories most Broncos fans likely have of Teddy Bridgewater was in 2015 when the Broncos' eventual world champion defense uh, won the game against the Vikings late in the season by T.J. Ward coming off the edge on a safety blitz, stripping the ball from him, falling on at field goal, let's get out of here, we win the game. So he can – he's human. He's going he's gonna to give up the, the, the ghost, so to speak, in the face of consistent, constant pressure – but I do think he brings a little bit more stability. He, he raises that floor of the QB room significantly, at least over what you got here in Jeff Driscoll and even Brett Rippon, who I still maintain some optimism that Brett can be something in the league as a backup. But uh, I like this. I really do, guys. I'm not going to. I'm going to shoot you straight. I think this was a really, really savvy, good move for the Broncos, <clears throat> and I think it's going to pay some dividends for Drew Locke uh, indirectly. 
Yeah, he raises the floor, but he doesn't raise the ceiling. And isn't that the whole point of the offseason, Chad, to raise the ceiling at quarterback and not settle for mediocrity? Um, and I just think if Bridgewater was making those mistakes last year, and he was so unimpressive last year, he had Joe Brady calling plays for him. That's an offensive mind that's up there with the Kellen Moores of the NFL and the Greg Romans of the NFL. That's one of the best offensive minds in the entire league. So if he was throwing those picks and melting down in Carolina – why would I be excited about that if he's under center in Denver? And the answer is, I wouldn't. Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site, out in the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500. Or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC, we are professional grade. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Wendy's new French toast sticks are so delicious, some are saying that they're better than their mom's breakfast. Excuse me. Did you just say Wendy's new French toast sticks are better than my breakfast? Mom, is that you? Answer the question. I said some people are saying that because they're so crispy on the outside and fluffy on the inside and perfect in every way. Uh-huh. And what do you think? I think it's time to tell people to choose wisely. Choose Wendy's new sweet and crispy homestyle French toast sticks. That's still not an answer. At participating U.S. Wendy's during breakfast hours. We got a super here from Tom up there, north of the 49th parallel. Like Chris, a.k.a. Crudum proving that Broncos country is not a geographical location, baby. It is a state of being. And by that, I don't mean that Chris is, Chris is not from Canada, but nevertheless, you get my, my point. Let them hate, says Tom. Drew is a lock to start. Guys, your thoughts. I still think, look, here's, here's the bottom line takeaway for me on the, on the Teddy trade today. And the timing of it, guys, remember what I tell you on the show, I don't believe in coincidence, all right? The timing of this trade, you could say, oh, well, you know, because some of the scuttlebutt, Zach, is, oh, well, you know, the Panthers, the the demand, the phone was starting to ring, so Peyton basically had to move now. I don't believe that. I believe this deal was made because the final evaluations on the class are in. And I want to say it was, who I think it was uh, James Palmer, in fact, of NFL Network that said, yeah, the Broncos could draft a quarterback in the top 10 if – George Payton falls in love with one of the prospects, right? One of the top guys. I submit, all right, of the three takeaways from this. One, Payton looked at the field, liked some of the guys, looked at what he had in Drew, looked at what some of the other options were out there like Teddy and said, 
I think we're going to roll with a little bit more of a proven commodity. We're going to go ahead and we're not going to draft a quarterback in the top 10, even if one falls to us. Two, I think it's good for Drew Locke. I don't think this erodes his position as the um, you know, incumbent, so to speak. He's going to have to sing for his supper. He's going to have to earn that spot, and that's as it should be. That was one of the ways, in hindsight, the Broncos strayed last year. They didn't give him a true viable threat to his gig in the in the preseason and you know, in the offseason and preseason. And, you know, understandably, it was the uh, by the time they realized that it was too late, you're on the doorstep of the season. You didn't have OTAs. You didn't have a, a, a true preseason. So I understand why they kind of rolled with it the way they did to a point. But I think this is good for Drew. And then third, I do think Teddy Bridgewater offers you some upside. If you're Vic Fangio and you still believe in the in the ceiling of Drew, but you know that this is your make or break year, you're going to go ahead and put your cards on the table, pushing them in on Drew to, to reach that ceiling but your contingency is you hold back one chip just in case, and that's Teddy. And Teddy can come in. I, I submit again. With this offense, Noah Fant, Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, KJ Hamler, all right, Melvin Gordon. He can he, you know, kind of similar to Alex Smith. He's not going to give you Star Wars numbers, but for the most part, he'll be efficient. He'll mostly protect the ball. He'll make good decisions. Sometimes he'll be so conservative that you'll be banging your head against the wall, like, man, take the shot, Teddy. But he's not going to consistently put you in just terrible, terrible situations. So that's those are my three key takeaways on this set. Yeah, I just remember in New Orleans, he had Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara, and he didn't cut it there either. I mean, he's had weapons, Chad, every step of the way, even in Carolina, DJ Moore, Curtis Samuel, McCaffrey before he got hurt, and he hasn't made do with those weapons or those opportunities. There's a reason why the Broncos are collecting yet another piece of trash, and I mean that lovingly. They're taking on more trash and trying to make a treasure. They did it with Case Keenum, then Joe Flacco, not Teddy Bridgewater. I will agree with you. I will meet you in the middle to this extent, they upgraded the quarterback room with Teddy, but they didn't upgrade on Drew Locke with Teddy. That's how I see it. Yeah, I agree. That's I'll agree with you on that 100%. There's no empirical evidence to suggest Teddy Bridgewater is an upgrade over Drew. But I do think he's based on what, you know, the talent that he does have and his experience, he is a very credible threat to Drew. And that's really all you need if you're Drew Locke. You know, if you're the coach is trying to work some – you know, Bill Parcells coach psychology on your cue. That's what, that's the way to do it. Paul Jackson rocking the uh, MHH dad hat, like a boss. Good to see you, buddy. Appreciate you. It's been a minute since we've seen you on the, on the super chat. Thank you. Appreciate you, bro. Um, John, while you get the next one queued up, I'm going to grab Kathy. Actually, you got Michaela. Perfect. Michaela, then Kathy, the ladies in the house representing here at MHH. Michaela, uh, she's rocking. It's, it's hard to see kind of in her profile pic because it's from far away, but she's rocking her brand new MHH t-shirt, which she won in the giveaway and um, designed, of course, by Christy, right? Michaela, love you. Appreciate you. She says, so we did it. We got Teddy Bridge over Troubled Water. Do you think that guarantees Locke will be the starter on in week one? Hashtag MHH. I don't think it guarantees it, Zach, but I still think it, it hints more toward, as far as the pendulum, trying to interpret, you know, stick your finger in the air, which way is the wind blowing? I think the wind's blowing towards the Broncos moving forward with the plan A being Drew, and now the plan B is Teddy. 
if unless this is a smokescreen and the Broncos are planning a big move for a quarterback tomorrow, but if they wanted to move away from Locke, that would have been the way to guarantee it, is to get a field or get a Lance or get a Mac Jones, whoever, even a Kellen Mond. But settling for Bridgewater and making that trade 24 hours before the draft, it says to me, listen, we looked at the draft prospects, we went through our simulations, and we came to the conclusion that either we don't want the quarterback that will be available at number nine, or we're not going to want a quarterback at all tomorrow, uh, Thursday night in Cleveland. So we go, we're going with the plan B, and that plan B is Teddy B. And that's where I think Peyton, uh, that's where I think his mindset was formulated in. Man, my mute button was stuck. Uh, Dale, good to see you, brother. Appreciate you. He says, it's going to be a juicy pod tonight. Your thoughts on pick nine if Justin Fields, Trey Lance, uh, Slater, the Northwestern offensive tackle, are there. I'm picking Slater in that case. Otherwise, I'm looking to trade back, but no farther than 15 and grabbing defense. Yeah, I look, I think there's a decent shot that one of those two guys, I think there's a decent shot that either a Fields or a Lance and a Mac Jones are going to be there at pick nine. A decent chance. I'm not making that as a bold prediction, but and I think if the Broncos, Zach, are in that position, uh, and it's Slater there, I think they're going to be far more inclined to go ahead and take the offensive tackle based on, you know, it's, look, this is one of those situations where you can both follow what they've said and what they've done. What has has uh, George Payton said all offseason? Drew's got all the tools. We like Drew, right? And then he go, but we want to add competition. And he did. He went out and he brought a more proven veteran with that has a modest amount of upside, but more it's about raising the floor. He did that. So what does that then imply? You don't need to be Sherlock Holmes. I mean, again, it could all be a smokescreen. That's possible. I, I don't think it's very plausible based on what we have seen, what they've said, what they've done. I think it's going to be a non-cue for the Broncos in the first round. And look, it's probably more than more than likely, especially if it ends up being a couple of cues fall, Broncos trade back, stack another, you know, who knows, maybe another two, maybe a three, maybe a couple of threes and take a, you know, defensive guy, whoever that might be, or an offensive tackle, depending on how the board falls later in the first. Then you have reports, multiple reports that have stated that Vic Fangio is really high on Micah Parsons. So we have no clue where the Broncos are leaning. You know, Peyton might want a quarterback, Vic might want defense, and they have to reach some sort of compromise. Maybe John Elway can lend his voice in there and say, listen, we got Teddy Bridgewater, we have Drew Locke, we don't have an inside linebacker of the future, we don't have a safety of the future, a quarterback necessarily of the future, an offensive tackle, a right tackle of the future. They can go many different ways, but I think right now, gun to my head, they don't move up, certainly not for a quarterback. They either stay put at nine and take the BPA, either Parsons or Slater, or move back and take a defensive player and have more darts, as Peyton likes to say, Chad, for the old dartboard. Kathy, in the house, it's great to see you. Uh, By the way, your mug in the mail. You should be seeing that very, very soon. She says, lay it on us, priests. We still Are we still looking at QB in round one? Can't wait till tomorrow. And tomorrow's going to be fun, guys, because we're going to be going live, our war room kind of roundtable watch party, about half an hour before the draft. All right, so 5.30 Mountain, 7.30 Eastern. And we're going to hang out. You know, Zach and I will probably stay on the on the stream all the way up until the Broncos pick and or trade back. Once that move happens, both of us are going to have to hop off to, to cover the content and reporting. We'll let everyone else do the heavy lifting from there. But we're going to do that Thursday night. We're going to do it Friday night. We're going to do it uh, Saturday for day three. So it's going to be a gas set. 
Yeah, and uh, quarterback cannot be ruled out. I'm not, I, there's a non-zero chance the Broncos are still going in that direction, but based on the reports that have come out that said they're still in the quarterback market, to me, that's a smokescreen, either to get a team like the Patriots, Chicago, Washington to come up to nine, or to throw every team off their trail, and they want a guy like Micah Parsons. I think this is all planned and all preordained from George Payton. We got Ed Keating in the house, rocking his brand new Let Him Hate t-shirt and his profile pic. Very cool, man. Send us that pick, dude. He says, I love the Teddy trade to push Drew Luck. I really believe we won't draft a quarterback. We will trade back and stockpile more picks. We'll get an inside linebacker in round one. Hashtag Denver Broncos for life. State of being. Let them hate. Lock 2021. You know, I'm not going to cry, Zach. Thank you, Ed. I'm not going to cry if it ends up being a linebacker in in round one because Broncos have been – you want to talk about kicking a can down the road. That's something they've been kicking – since, you know, DJ Williams was the last first round linebacker, you know, off ball linebacker this team drafted. And that was in 04, I want to say. Um, and I remember that year just being, I wanted Steven Jackson in that draft, you know, being kind of not as knowledgeable as I am today about football. I wanted that star running back. But nevertheless, um, a linebacker, if it happens, Zach, I'm not going to cry. I'm going to, it's it's a hole, it's a box that needs to be checked. But, in a perfect world, I'd like to see the Broncos get a more foundational player with their blue chip pick, offensive tackle, corner, yeah. even an edge rusher maybe. My thoughts on this has kind of evolved the closer we've got to uh, the draft itself. And ideally, it's like in our mock draft, our war room on Sunday night, we ended up getting a Jameen Davis in round two. To me, that would be the dream. Yeah, I, I definitely understand what you're trying to say. It's like you'd rather stay at nine and guarantee yourself a Parsons or a Slater as opposed to trading down to 15 and settling for a JOK or a Zaven Collins or a Tevin Jenkins. So I understand that line of thinking, Chad. But regardless, I think Peyton is going to do um, or, or guarantee that he lands a blue chip player and or at the very minimum comes away with more picks that he can either use for more players or move up back into round one and maybe double dips on day one in Cleveland. We got Mile High Truth in the house. Welcome. Thank you. Connect with us on Twitter, my friend. Appreciate you. If you think Bridgewater is going to come in and make us a contender in the AFC West, you are lost. What was Carolina's motive to pay money to get rid of him? Well, because they knew he wasn't going to play, right? They made their decision. They traded and they got Sam Darnold. So, if you're going to try and interpret implications, that's the one you should try and interpret, not because they tried to trade him. It was, what does it say about Teddy that they were willing to take on, you know, similar to this situation, a reclamation project, the wreckage, if you will, of another team, all right? And so that's really the question. But I think, you know, you look at the tape from 2020, and that tells the tale. Zach, he's a guy, like, ideally, in New Orleans, right, when Drew got hurt, Drew uh, Breeze, and they needed someone to keep the ship afloat. That's your guy. Now, if you expect Teddy Bridgewater, as as he as Mile High Truth puts here, to come in and raise all ships and be that ten to fifteen year franchise quarterback, that ship sailed. All right, he might have had a chance at that in his kind of arc. You know, so much luck, momentum has such a big role to play in the success of any human being in this world, but especially a pro athlete. And if you get interrupted in such a catastrophic way, right when you're start, because remember, Teddy came was coming off a Pro Bowl year, all right, when that knee injury su- was suffered in the offseason. You know, that really clipped his wings. And 
who knows? Maybe if that doesn't happen, Zach, he goes on to be a consistent year-in, year-out Pro Bowl caliber Q. But that's not how it shook out. And the, the the quarterback he is today is, I wouldn't quite call him damaged goods. That's that's just too unkind as far as, in my opinion, on Teddy. It's just that, you know, he's shown you who he is now. He showed you who he was in New York. He showed you who he was in New Orleans. He showed you what he was in Carolina. What is that? He's a dang handy to have in a pinch spot starter if you pin your hopes on him to take you to the promised land, you're going to be lost in the desert like uh, you know the, the children of Israel back in the day. <laughs> he's also a quarterback that's worth four and a half million bucks. He's a backup. That's just what he is. And I, I understand he could have been this wonderful, great quarterback, but he wasn't. And I think, Chad, you're spot on in saying he's shown what he could be. The hope that Teddy Two Gloves can always be what he was in college, that ship sailed a long time ago. The hope that he can even tread water in the NFL, I think that ship sailed a long time ago. But look at Carolina's motive here. It was a salary dump. They realized they overpaid for him last year. They realized he's not in their future plans. They realized, you know, I'd rather get him off the roster by any means necessary than and have him on there. And listen, Carolina might still take a quarterback. That, that's not with out of the realm of possibility that they have Darnold for this year and either Trey Lance or Fields or Mac Jones going forward. So Carolina, I wouldn't look at it as an indictment on Teddy Bridgewater that they cut him loose and wanted to get rid of him. That was more of an, an indictment on the Panthers coaching staff and their front office for putting that much faith and that much investment in Teddy Bridgewater. ER in the house. A newer name on Super Chat, but as we can see from his his message here, a longtime listener, first-time caller. Awesome. Appreciate you, my friend. What do we think of today's trade? I like it. All in on Lance if he's there at nine or the, the offensive tackle Slater. All right, so let me ask you, ER, and I want you to reply in the chat. John, I'll keep an eye out for it. If you like the move, why are you then hoping for Lance at nine? Really, what's the rationale there? You need three premium round quarterbacks, you know, uh, crammed into a depth chart. Here's the thing. The Broncos are, are not as bad as their record, in my opinion, showed them to be last year. But they're still more than just a quarterback away. Even if Drew comes in through Zach and fires on all cylinders the way we hoped he would last year, if that happens, there's still some spots on this roster that leave you a little bit vulnerable. So they need, I mean, uh, right tackle. What if Juwan James goes on, a, on another walkabout, all right? What if he disappears like he did last year or, you know, gets nicked up and doesn't want to play, whatever? I mean, that's the book on him now, whoopee cushion, all right? We're, we need a sound effect every time we mention that name, right? Miami Dolphins, you, you just bolstered your quarterback position with the next first-round pick. You got Drew, who basically is – imbued with the same expectations, if you will, of a first-round quarterback. Why then, if you like that trade, ER, I'm, I'm really asking you, I'm not trying to be a wise-ass, why would you then want Lance? Help me understand that, Zach. This is, from what I can gather, this is the hope from the lock detractors out there. I won't use the word haters. I wouldn't want to ruffle any feelings out there. But they think that if they to move up for Lance, move up for Fields, to secure that quarterback, they would include Locke in a trade package. So this is the thinking I saw on Twitter earlier today. We even got a comment about it uh, earlier today in the podcast. D- Detroit had, you know, general interest in Drew Locke reportedly before they acquired Matt Stafford or before they, they traded uh, for Jared Goff. And now the, the thinking is if they want to come down, 
the Broncos would include Locke to move up to get a quarterback. It's not going to happen. I, I don't think it's going to happen. And Chad doesn't think it's going to happen. I think the move today was made to signal, listen, that's our big move at quarterback. We're okay with Locke. We have Teddy Bridgewater now. We're probably going to go defense in round one. And don't be surprised, guys. We've got the princess of MHH. We've had the Duchess so far tonight. Now we got the princess of MHH. Bobby, love you. Appreciate you. Thank you for that generosity. As you can see, I don't have too much hair, but it does blow my hair back every time. It really does. So thank you, my friend. And by the way, again, I got to tell you, those blankets you sent us for Christmas still being used every day in Casa Gens. And my daughter now has usurped it for my wife. We ended up with two of them. She usurped the one for my wife, and she's got two now on her on her bed at night. That's what she's sleeping in. She couldn't care less about the Broncos, my little my my daughter. She's about as girly as they come. She's not she doesn't care about football. She doesn't even know how it works, but she loves that blanket. And let me tell you why. It's super comfy. And I think the reason why, too, Poppy, made with genuine love and affection. So much love to you. Appreciate it. She says, Hello, MHH. How's everyone? So excited for the draft tomorrow. Go. Broncos. She blows us away every time, every time, Zach. She's royalty. She's the princess of the podcast. And Bobby, we've said it literally over and over and over. And I know it just seems disingenuous, but we appreciate so, so much everything you do for all the podcasts, for the entire network, for the entire brand. Your support and your generosity is is single-handedly keeping us going. And we are so, so, so thankful. Love you. Appreciate you. Hope you're doing well. Um, we got Chris P. in the house. Good to see you, brother. Connect on Twitter if you have a Twitter account, by the way. I always look for you, but there's a million Chris P.'s probably on Twitter. Right? He says, Teddy, one more day. Good to see you guys. Indeed, it's going to be here before you know it. We're uh, less than 24 hours out. Quick shout out to our stars, our superstar senders on Facebook. Randy, Jones, I mean, you're so consistent, Randy. Brad, you as well. Gary, all three of you, man, you uh, you bring a tear to our eyes. So thank you, guys. We'll keep an eye out for any of your comments or questions in the chat. All right, BNS, not to be confused. Guys, this doesn't mean the Bulls News Service, all right? This is BNS. And uh, the crow pie still there in all its glory. Priest, uh, Corey pointed out, get rid of Driscoll, recoup $3 million, and Teddy is pretty much free other than the sixth win-win, hashtag all pro Bulls. Yeah, so if you dump Driscoll, you clear $2.5 million off the books, and it's it's no dead money. So that's going to happen. That will happen sometime between now and uh, June 1st. So count on it, guarantee it, write it up on the board. In- Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site out on the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500. Or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC, we are professional grade. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. 
Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Sharpie, it's happening, Zach. Yeah, and regardless, even if they didn't have Driscoll on the roster, I'm not the biggest Teddy fan, obviously, but getting a one-year backup, a veteran at this stage in a trade and getting that other team to take on a majority of the contract, four and a half mil out of 17, Chad, pretty good value for what you're looking for. Hey, Rose, hey, what's up, guys? Just wanted to say what's up and thank you guys for doing such a great job. So excited for tomorrow, by the way. Name is Alex. (laughs) For Chad. Okay, good. Good to know, my friend. Alex, I will remember that. And uh, yeah, that's that's that is good to know, my friend. Appreciate your support yep. as Thank always. You. Appreciate you. And I know we are connected now on Twitter as well. I know what your handle is. We're following back. So uh, we will be tagging you later on, my friend. Appreciate you. Um, all right. We got still some we're at 50 minutes, Zach, but we got to kind of start moving uh, mosey in here um, quickly because we don't have too much time left. Let's grab here Dave Glassman. Now, Dave is a guy, a Facebook super supporter, and he'll pop over onto YouTube, throw in a super chat. Thank you, Dave. Love you, bro. $3 for number number three. Hashtag locked in. Thank you. Let him hate Parsons at 12 to 15. Appreciate that, bro. Yeah, so he's still throwing his support, Zach, behind Drew Locke, and I do think – Look, you, people will debate me on this, and people who I love and respect will debate me on this, but I think this move for Teddy comes just this side of telegraphing Drew's our guy. Yeah. And it does surprise me, you know, somewhat that they did it when they did because, you know, um, it does, I think most rational, I think a rational GM sees that and goes, all right, yeah, they're not going Q in round one. And listen, you know, if you don't want a quarterback and if you don't want to tackle like Slater, moving down and getting the number one inside linebacker and getting draft picks on top of that, that to me is my best case scenario. And wow, Michaela. Thank you, Michaela. So generous. She says, us ladies must represent the great, uh, the great houseful, MHH. Yes. The, and that's one of the things um, my wife and I, we were remarking on the other night is just how, you know, we've got a very dedicated and passionate community an audience and so many of our, our community mavens are female. We love seeing that. We love that passion and what you bring, because 
you know, if it's just dudes constantly, you know, too much testosterone, you need some of that female input to uh, keep things balanced, Zach. So, Michaela, love you. Appreciate you. I don't know that any other podcast, at least in this realm, has the demographic we do, Chad. And what I mean by that is male, female, old and young, supportive, you know, regardless of age, of gender, of anything else. Michaela, thank you so much. And the same comment I just said for Pabe also goes to you. You are single-handedly keeping us going, and you inspire us every day with that level of generosity. Thank you. You're awesome. By the way, real quick, John, I know you got one queued up. Um, Hey, if you're on Twitch, guys, or maybe you're watching right now on YouTube or Facebook, but you have a Twitch account that you use, it would help be very helpful. If you mosey on over to Twitch real quick, catch this stream. All right, find Mile High Huddle. It's not hard. We also tweeted out the link for Twitch. Uh, from at Mile High Huddle, and comment in there, all right? Talk to each other a little bit in that Twitch stream because it's the last uh, requirement we have to meet in order to monetize our Twitch channel and actually have that Twitch uh, channel, I don't want to say matter, but like actually contribute to the financial viability of what we're doing here. So that's a little something, something you guys can do to help out. Beachy says, this allows Bridgewater, lock, competition, a new QB, Bridgewater tutoring flex galore. Yeah, there is some flexibility to this. I mean, if anything, yes, Veach, it does allow flexibility, Zach, in that you don't, you're, you're, if you felt like you had to, you know, make a QB move, as you mentioned earlier, this frees you up. You've got flexibility now. You can do whatever you want. And who knows? All right. I'll, I'll consider the possibility that I'm dead wrong for a second here. And if a QB is still on the table, you know, you got the flexibility to be patient and wait to see what happens instead of panicking, you know, knee jerking and doing something that you would regret. I just wonder though, what is Teddy going to teach Drew Locke? Really? What is he going to learn from someone like Teddy Bridgewater to overcome adversity, to deal with critics and detractors and all that and negative press? I mean, he can't teach him to turn the, not turn the ball over under pressure, Chad, considering he was the second, you know, most, biggest defender last year in that regard. So I don't know that he's going to learn anything from uh, from Teddy, but at least having that sort of pressure behind him and knowing that one false move, one bad game, even maybe one bad drive could lead to his removal. Vincent, thank you for that super chat. Make sure you're connected with us on Twitter. Welcome. Appreciate you. Howard Cosell said of Norris Weiss, he gives you so much, then he takes it all away. It could be said of luck. Yeah, I mean, it could it could be said of John Elway circa 1983 till you know through 1985. It could be said of Brett Favre from when he was a you know forgotten second round pick in Atlanta to even you know early stages in Green Bay. I mean, once he replaced Don Mikowski, it was for the most part it was hit the ground running. They never looked back. But Brett Favre, more often than not, you expected him when he dropped back to make something spectacular happen. But just as easily, you could see some boneheaded pick. You got to be willing to, to uh, you know, if you're going to be a, a gunslinger, if you're going to put up points, if you're going to put up yardage, if you're going to move the needle, you have to walk that line. You have to balance it out and figure out how to do that without constantly putting your team in a bad situation. And that's an art. And it's an art that Drew is still figuring out at this point in his young career. Yeah, the, the type of quarterback, you, you, you hit it on the nail, uh, you hit the nail on the head, I can't talk tonight. Uh, the type of quarterback that Locke is, a gunslinger, he's gonna give some back, but I think the goal with him, at least this season, is minimizing how much he gives back and maximizing how much he gives you. So if they can find that happy meeting with Locke, I think they have a fairly competent, if not good starting quarterback in 2021. Uh, Carter, I would be wary of uh, succumbing to 
hyperbole. All right. Really? I'm tired of acting like this is okay. What? That the Broncos just acquired a an upgrade backup quarterback for a pittance for a sixth round pick and three million bucks, basically, right? By the time you get rid of Jeff Driscoll. Settling for mediocrity, he's saying. Hey, I mean, if you're 100% dead certain that Drew Locke is the the future with Drew Locke is mediocrity, you're entitled to your opinion. But I think there's still a good chance that he can be what the Broncos originally hoped that he can be. And you know what? If he's if he's not, if he falls flat on his face, you got Teddy now to keep the ship afloat, make you at least a plausible, you know, competitive threat, even if you don't end up going to the playoffs. And then next year you're going to have no holds barred. I mean, there would be nothing to preclude you from going right back to the well, trading up, doing whatever you got to do to get in position. Because even though you hear right now, Zach, oh, the 2022 quarterback class, you know, it's weak, it's it's shallow, there's no depth there. You know, you can't even say it's top heavy. That's today, all right? By, the, by even November of next year, I can promise you, all right? This isn't the first time I've said this. Remember the date, remember the time. There's going to be at least two or three guys by November that are going to be, yep, write them in first round caliber quarterbacks in the next draft. So guys, this too will pass, but here's the thing you got to ask yourself, Carter, what happens if Drew does succeed? All right. And then you are able to use that first round pick on something that can actually help Drew and everyone else succeed as a team. Hindsight's a wonderful thing, isn't it, Chad? But, you know, uh, Carter, to your point, if the only way you weren't going to be disappointed and the only way the Broncos were going to remove themselves from mediocrity was trade up for a quarterback like Fields or Lance, then I'm sorry you're disappointed, but Peyton's been telling you where he wants to go. We've been telling you on the podcast where we think the Broncos are going to go. It was always unlikely, given the tenor of the conversations that Peyton has given us about Locke. They were going to, uh, you know, supplant him with the rookie. So it's not mediocrity. And like Chad's point, if this all turns out, if he becomes the quarterback like we think he can be and the Broncos thought he could be, then this is all going to be a non-topic this time next year. All right. We really do have to rapid fire because there are so many super chats stacked up and we got to do our best to get to each and every one before we got to sign off tonight. DK, a.k.a. David Kilgore, one of our great Mount Rushmore superstars. A couple of questions, guys. One, what does Bridgewater mean for Driscoll and Rippon? I think we answered that on Driscoll. For Rippon, Rippon's going to stick around as your third guy, flex between the practice squad and the active roster. And also, and we'll see if those same like protection um, benefits are going to be maintained into 2021 like last year where you could put guys on the practice squad and then you could protect them from being clipped by other teams. We'll see. And also, if Lance and Fields does fall to nine, do we pull the trigger or end up moving down or drafting someone else? Zach, your answer. Boy, you know, I don't know if the Broncos, like you said, I think this was an indicator they're going to pass on a quarterback. And I think given that spot, if someone like Fields or Lance fell to them, knowing that the team's behind them, the Patriots supposedly love Justin Fields, Chad. So knowing that, I think they can get a King's ransom, relatively speaking, if they want to move down from that spot. Gun in my head says no, they won't. Agreed. Jeff C., good to see you, brother. Appreciate you. Okay, if Locke falls... Excuse me. Okay, if Locke fails, when will Denver pick in the top 10 again? If we don't go quarterback in this draft, it could hurt for a long time. Tired of bringing in the second-tier cues, just my opinion. I feel you. I feel you. Um, but you can't live in fear. You can't operate from a position of, of fear of loss. If you don't maneuver and operate in life and in football, all right, with the eye on the prize, Hope of gain. Human beings at, at bottom, and I know I said we got to keep this short, but we're motivated 
primarily by one of two things. And, you know, you know, the people in your life who are which, right, which is you're either a guy or, or a gal that's driven by hope of gain or for fear of loss. And I'm telling you, the people that are operating their lives and driving based on fear of loss. I mean, there's the there's the odd exception to the rule, but most of the time, those are the people that are always scratching, can't quite get out of the out of the bucket before the crab brings them, the other crabs bring them down. And so the Broncos, there. This is telegraphing to you, Jeff, to everyone out there, us. Look, we're still hopeful and confident that Drew's going to turn the corner and that it's going to happen this year. And so if it doesn't. I mean, honestly, if it doesn't, they're probably a five and eleven, six and ten team again, and they will be in the top ten. So I wouldn't worry too much about that, honestly. And you know what? Even if they're not in the top ten, Zach, and they're fifteen, here's a couple of twos. If you, if you, I mean, think about Broncos fans. A month ago, were willing to give up their firstborn and every first round pick till Kingdom Come for Deshaun Watson. So where there's a will, there's a way. But for now, the Broncos have fish to fry, and it's looking like those fish. Drew Locke. Yeah, Deshaun Watson and that 10-year guarantee by trading for him, right, Chad? I, I don't know why there's this narrative, though, this line of thinking in, in Broncos country, or at least in NFL fan bases, that says you have to take a quarterback in the top 10 or else it's pointless. Look at all the non-top 10 quarterback that's succeeded around the NFL. We all know about Brady being a six-round pick, Russell Wilson being a third, Dak Prescott being a fourth, but how about Deshaun Watson and Mahomes? They weren't top 10 guys, so you can get value outside the top 10 as well. If the Broncos are a middling team next year and they're not a playoff team, but they're not exactly catastrophically bad, like Chats, if they can move up and get a quarterback or they can stay put, and who knows what will be there this time next year. You can't operate in fear, but you can't think that far down the road either. The NFL is truly a year-to-year business, and there's so much parity that takes place every single season. All right, John, real quick. So the stream just jumped. And I'm at like, you know, seven, I'm at Simon at 713. Meanwhile, as we grab Naj here, we got Willie, we got Andy again, Joshua, Cobsters, Calvin, Bison, um, Tony D.A.Dub, Straightforward, uh, Leon, Dave, Nimbus, and even more. So we got to seriously like, remember the Micro Machines commercials from the 90s, all right, with the dude that talked super fast like a, you know, auctioneer? That's how we kind of got to be on these remaining supers because we just crossed an hour. Naj, love you, bro. Appreciate you. Hey, brothers, excellent move in my opinion. Bridgewater will push lock and may win the job outright. Do you think this signals an open competition, which either guy can take? I don't know about open. I do think it's a, it's there is going to be a competition, but I still think the deck is going to be slightly in Drew's favor. But if Teddy comes in there and leaves no doubt and you know the contrast is just palpable for the coaches – I don't think they'll have any compunction of just saying, you know what, this is this is it. We're going with Teddy. You know, I hope there's no competition for one reason, because when you split reps, as the Broncos learned in years past, Chad, all it does is hurt the entire offense. Yep. From the running backs to the receivers to the offensive line to the tight ends, I hope they at least have some some starter named going into August or going into September. I don't want that quarterback competition because the entire offense will suffer as a result. In the shop with Willie. Love you, buddy. This deal just tells me they like Locke more than most people want to believe. There's no way Teddy wins in a real competition this offseason. We'll see, man. We'll see. I, I, you know, I try not to use absolutes. Um, you know, no way. I could, I could see it happening. I don't think it'll happen, but I could see it happening. But, no, I think this, again, this does point to the Broncos 
not so much going all in on lock because you just brought in another quarterback, but more just saying, look, he's still our plan a, but unlike John Elway and Peyton Manning, when asked, Hey, when they acquired Peyton Manning, he was asked, was John, Hey, what's your plan B? You know, cause he's coming off the neck, this and that. And John goes, plan B, plan B, we're going with plan A, right? And it turned out to be gangbusters for the Broncos and Peyton Manning. But in this case, the Broncos do need, even if Drew was not up and down last year and was solid, guys, he's had two injuries, two years in the league, both times injuries that caused, caused him to miss time on the field. So you got to have a plan B. Yeah, no absolutes. Fully agreement. Josh Shadow, love you, buddy. Teddy is better than Locke and will be the starter in September. He'll take QB1 this offseason. Not my pick, but the better quarterback will take the job, and that's Teddy Bridgewater. Hey, we'll see if it shakes out that way, my friend. We shall see. I do think initially, again, the deck will be stacked. The deck will be stacked in Drew's favor, and if he allows that modest posture of of um, you know superiority to be eroded, then that's on him. And may, and you could be right, Joshua, but I don't think so. I think you're going to see. You know, that's assuming that. Basically, Drew just crumbles in the face of competition. I see it being the opposite, Zach. Same, yeah. I, I, you know, everyone's entitled to their own opinion. Everyone knows where we stand on this argument. I think Locke will be the victor. I think he'll be the week one quarterback. But if he's not, I'll be the first one to say that he deserves not to be. Same here. Mark Anthony, good to see you, buddy. I didn't think Teddy B changes anything in regards to QB in the draft. He's only making $2 million more than Jeff Driscoll. He's a backup and a better person to have with a rookie than Drew Locke. Peyton truly can't be predicted. I don't know. I feel pretty confident. No absolutes, but I feel pretty confident they're not taking a quarterback tomorrow. Not on Thursday. Yeah, and I'm pretty confident that Teddy is a backup this year, but like we've been saying, we'll see what happens. Copsters, good to see you. It all comes down to what Locke does from here. Teddy Bridgewater will be a good push for him. Parsons at nine. Cheers, boys. Kobe, good to know, Kobe, that that's your name. If you're on Twitter, connect with us, bro. All right. But yeah, I do think it's going to be a nice competitive anxiety that will elevate Drew. I think it'll bring out the better, uh, the best in Drew. And and getting Parsons, chat. I know it's not a favorable pick in Broncos country, especially to those that want a quarterback, but you're talking about the best linebacker in this draft class and putting him between Von Miller and Bradley Chubb, playing with Kareem Jackson, Simmons, Shelby Harris, and the rest. I think that's just a great pick if they do um, end up going in that direction. Calvin, thank you, buddy. Good to see you. Hey, guys, love this trade. We got a vet QB with playoff experience in his prime for $3 million to help groom our inexperienced QB room. Now we can focus on BPA. Appreciate that, Calvin. And, Zach, that's one thing, you know, a bone I'll pick with you is, you know, I think a, a man and a, a human being can learn from any other human being. And so if there's one that has – if you're in the room with someone – like when I walk into a room, uh, regardless of the situation – I always assume like when I'm talking to somebody that they might know something I don't, um, you know, you got, you got uh, what's the, what's the phrase that my mentor taught me? You got one mouth and two ears and that you should use them in that proportion, right? You should listen more than you talk because you'll learn. And I think that in Drew's case, there are going to be things he's he'll see from Teddy and it kind of will depend a little bit too, Zach on Teddy's mindset through all this. Like if he wants to be Joe Flacco and stiff arming and all this stuff, but I think that even if it's just by osmosis, it's a no, it's another quarterback that he's never spent time around. He might be able to pick up some things at bottom. So I don't know. We'll see. But uh, more than anything, it's not about trying to mentor lock in this case. I agree with you on that. This is about fail safe insurance and 
a competitive push to the to the whole equation. Well, is it osmosis or is it actively teaching Drew Locke? That's a difference to me. I think osmosis could happen by the virtue of him just being there, by him being in the same building, but him actively teaching Locke and sitting him down and making him a better quarterback. He's a far cry from Peyton Manning, Chad. Yes. Yeah, and I doubt a lot of that happens, but I could be wrong. I doubt that Teddy says, all right, guy, here I am. Drew, come on over. Let's do some wipe. You know, it'll be a process, and it probably initially will be more by osmosis. Bison M, great drummer, his band um, – Sorsha doing great things up there in Seattle. I love the Teddy B pick, but I'm still hearing rumblings about fields. That might be a crowded QB room and a waste of a pick, my opinion. Thoughts? I do think, yes, it would be. That's what I've been trying to tell everybody, my opinion anyway, this whole offseason is it would be a waste because Drew, you know, you want to say, well, he hasn't proven he's the franchise guy. He hasn't proven he's not either. And if you want to say uh, with absolute you know, conviction that he has proven that he's not that guy. I'm sorry. I, I just, I see if not equal more evidence that he still could be that guy than is. Yeah. And you know, the fields evaluations are all over the place. I'm not personally that high on him. I think Trey Lance has a higher ceiling in the NFL, but if he does fall to nine and the Broncos don't want him, I'm calling Bill Belichick. I'm saying, listen, Bill, give us a couple first rounders and you got your man. I'm calling Washington, talking to Ron Rivera. I'm talking to Chicago. So if, even if they don't want that quarterback, let's say it is fields, they might be able to leverage that for a King's ransom in a potential trade down. Gerald, good to see you. Thank you. What round do we try and get Philip Lindsay's replacement? And is Justin Sternod a possibility at inside linebacker? Yeah, Sternod's definitely in play to be the nickel linebacker, but he's got to stay healthy. And, you know, that's a big if. That's been the big knock on him. That's why he wasn't a late day two pick last year. But uh, Lindsay's replacement, uh, I mean, you never know, but George Payton presided as assistant GM and uh, VP of personnel on a couple of really highly drafted Vikings running backs. So I guess it depends just on how urgently they view the need there. But, you know, with the exception of Mike Boone, every every running back you have on this roster is in a, is in a walk year. So you do need to bring in at least one. I think it's round three or four. Yeah. I'd be surprised if it was uh, before round three. And in our mock draft, we landed Trey Sermon from Ohio State in the fourth round. That'd be excellent value. So if the Broncos can look that direction, that'd be the way to go. Hey, shout out to Purple Drank. Shout out to Robot of Doom over on Twitch. A lot of you guys I'm seeing answering the bell. 406 F uh, M fam. Good to see you. Appreciate you guys answering the bell over there. All right, Tony, we got a mosey. DA dub in the house. Love you, buddy. I can see a quarterback round one. Reset the quarterback. Get five years since you have Sutton Chubb about to get paid soon. Lock only under control two years. Yeah, that's a that's a big argument for that Nick Kendall uh, asserts. That, hey, man, one of the things that everyone's missing out here in the equation is you only got cost control on Drew for two more years. If you draft one in round one, you got cost control. You extend that. Here's five more years. You got cost control. But I just don't think that's a big enough driver at this stage based on the other factors at play. Exactly. And, yeah, you can draft a quarterback next year. This isn't Peyton's only swing at the plate. And and they can put the franchise tag on Cortland Sutton. There's ways to maneuver around the salary cap. I'm not too worried about that. And I wouldn't let that dictate the Broncos reaching for a quarterback this coming draft. Appreciate you, Terrence, by the way. Uh, he said, wish there was a bit, a bit more optimism and support for the new Broncos QB edition. We support the jersey, not the name on it. Correct, Priest? Amen, dude. That's right. People will come around, right? They're just there's, there's a big contingent of Broncos fans that were just hell-bent for high water for, for Justin Fields, Trey Lance, et cetera. 
Uh, straightforward. Good to see you. Appreciate you. Aloha, fam. Missed a few live shows. Working hard, just like my team. Good to hear. Not bad of a move from George Payton. So there's someone there for you, Terrence, who's who likes at least uh, is open to it being potentially a move that turns out to be good. Big Kid Rook, appreciate you. Are you on Twitter? Connect. Trading down tomorrow for JOK, the Notre Dame linebacker, for Coach Vic. Hey, man. Could be. I would love to see it. If they traded back, stockpiled a two or and or a three, and still landed JOK, man, I'd be, I'd be sleeping easy tomorrow night. That's probably my plan B if they don't get Michael Parsons. Is JOK in a trade down, Chad? You're still filling that inside linebacker position and getting more capital in the process. I'd be all for that. Leon, thank you for the super chat, my friend. Connect on Twitter. Just keep in mind that the Broncos fielded trade calls for Locke and turned them down. Makes no sense to move on from Locke after turning down trades for him. F the Raiders. Hashtag state of <laughs> said nothing. I dig that uh, missive. Simon up in Canada. Appreciate you, dog. Can't wait to see what Peyton does. Have faith and enjoy the process. Love the conversation. Love all of you. Denver Broncos for life. Thanks, Simon. Appreciate that, Simon. You the man. Um, all right, we got one here also from Dave Vega in the house. Vega, Vega, Dave Vega. Trey or Fields there at nine, taken. If not, trade back with Baltimore for 27 and 31. Two guys with talent and cost control ready for tomorrow night. Be good, boys. Mm. Yeah, we'll see, man. We'll see how it shakes out. But I seriously, at this stage, you've heard me say on this this podcast before that nothing should surprise you too much in the NFL. You know, all bets are off type thing. But after this move today, I truly would be stunned if the Broncos took a cue in round one. It would also surprise me if Baltimore came that far up in round one. I mean, all reports indicate they want a receiver in the back end of round one. Why would they move up 20 spots and give up uh, all that capital for, you know, for a non-wide receiver? So I don't see that happening. Tyler, good to see you on Twitter today, huh? Appreciate you, buddy. I'll be gloating pretty hard when Drew takes the next jump. Get ready, Twitter. We shall see. Let him hate, baby. We got to take at least one from Twitter today. We we probably neglect Twitter too much. Um, hey, here's our friend. This is the guy that's been making the new uh, pod clip intros for us and helping us out with some video stuff. Nimbus Productions, appreciate you, my friend. Right back at you, you the man. Appreciate everything you've been doing. Um, all right, let me see here, John. Let me just give you a quick update here. All right, yep, good, good, Dave, Nimbus, Yahweh, Cody, Dave again. Base Gase, Christian, Leon, Crudum, and then I think we're pretty close to caught up. Here's Yahweh in the house. Not that Yahweh, but our yeah, <clears throat> our Yahweh. Great move by the Broncos with a safe quarterback, low turnover rate, a generational offensive tackle like Penny Sewell at nine. You can always get a good linebacker or corner later in the draft or next year. Build the team from the inside out. So, Zach, here's another guy that's liking the move for Teddy wants that pick now to go toward a more, you know, as he says, building it from the inside out. That word gets tossed out so much. Generational. I mean, do I, is, is he Larry Ogden, Chad? Is he Walter Jones on the blind? I, I don't really see that in Penny Sewell. He's not even OT1 to me in this draft class. So, I mean, you can argue whether they should go in that direction, but uh, ultimately if they go lineman, I think Slater is the pick at that spot. Cody Potter, good to see you, my friend. Appreciate you. Put it on the bus. Broncos go linebacker round one. Jameen Davis after a trade back with Washington with Trey Lance on the board at nine. Round two, it's Elijah Mold in the corner from Washington. Round three, it's the best available right tackle. Hey, man, I wouldn't hate it 
I mean, especially Jameen Davis in a trade back, I could I could live with that. I still would love it if it was round two, but I could still live with that and then just be super stoked you got Jameen Davis. And make no mistake, Jameen Davis is still very much a rough stone rolling, but his upside, man, it is up there. Well, you and I both agree the three first picks they can make a combination of cornerback, inside linebacker, and tackle, Chad, that would be ideal. So in that scenario, I wouldn't mind it at all. All right, let me see here, John. After uh, Cody, uh, we got Dave again, base gazed, T, uh Christian, Leon, Crudum, FYI. I'm going to start scrolling and see if I can get to any of them. Oh, there's Dave again. Appreciate you, Dave. Or send Locke and a third to Detroit for pick seven if Trey or Fields are there. Yeah, I just don't think that's going to happen, dude. I just don't think that – Detroit, you know, they did uh, from purportedly sniff around the idea of, oh, you're interested in in uh, Stafford. Well, we would want Drew as part of that deal. Who knows how true it is, all right? But Broncos didn't want to part with Drew Locke. That was one of the start stopping points of that deal being consummated. I mean, y'all can freezing cold take me, but I think it's more likely Detroit takes a quarterback at seven than trades for Locke and moves down and not takes a quarterback. Calvin, cross the pond. Appreciate you, my friend. Connect on Twitter. You expect Drew to improve. So what's the minimum number of wins you would want to see in 2021 to say he deserves to be QB1 beyond that? Uh, winning season, period. So now we got – I got to redo the math now, right? So uh, it used to be nine games would be a winning season. So what, 10 games, right? Is that with that? Yeah, 10 games. Ten, win 10 games. Win 10 games, go 10-7. and seven. And I think that gets you into the playoffs as a wild card. And if not, hey, you won double-digit games. If you won double-digit games with Drew as your guy, odds are he played a big role in helping you do that. You've got some – even if it's not like, okay, we found our guy for the next 10 years, you're going, all right, we're on to something here. Let's keep building with Drew. Yeah, if they go 9-8, and 10-7, and some sort of record like that, and he plays just, you know, good football. It doesn't have to be 4,500 yards and 40 touchdowns, just, you know, maybe 3,800 yards, 28 touchdowns, and 12 interceptions. I think that's a really good year for Locke, and I think that would buy him additional time as the Broncos starter. Shrek-tastic, don't be, don't be scared, buddy. Don't live life in fear. Swing for the fences, hope for the best, all right? And if you get disappointed, you know, take it like a, like a big boy and move on and hope for more, I mean, bigger and better things, all right? Base case, good to see you. Does Fangio Shermer already are they already on the hot seat? Right. Does Fangio Shermer already on the hot seat go with the veteran Teddy as week one starter or Locke? I think they want the vet to save their jobs. There's probably they're going to have to resist that urge. Um, I think there's you know that's just human nature. There's going to be some psychology there in play if Drew gives them a crack. So that's the real issue here is you know can Drew stave off not only the true threat that Teddy I think could present to him, but, you know, stave off the coaches, you know, the urge to say, we don't want to lose our jobs. Let's go with what we might assume. But I really don't think that. I think this is a big part of like, I think Fangio and Shermer had a big role in advising Peyton on how to attack this offseason. Like we do think we're, we're getting closer with Drew. Like let's prepare for a, let's have a fail safe. Let's not be exposed like we were last year. But like, you know, we, we like Drew. I think both of them do. 
I, I don't see a quarterback that's making four and a half million bucks that was traded for a six round pick on the eve of the draft as quarterback one. And if this is the only move the Broncos make at quarterback after this weekend, I think it's clear they want to run it back with Locke as the starter. That pretty much paves the way. I mean, they couldn't have done any less at the position than just acquiring Bridgewater and keeping Rippon and bringing him back as a number three. So that's the case, I think. If there's no more moves that are made, Locke will get the first dip to start. And if he flounders or gets injured, then it's Bridgewater's job. All right, we got Leon and Crudum. And then unless I've... The stream jumped everyone else. Oh, we do have a, a few more. All right, real quick. Leon, appreciate you, dog. Thank you guys for doing what you do. I watch this show over Shannon and Skip any day. Thank you. I'm excited for this year's draft. Chad and Zach, you two are my favorite people to watch on YouTube. Thank you, Leon. Very kind. Thank you, yeah. my dog. Really does mean a lot to us. Believe that. Good to see you. Thank you for the support. Um, all right, John. Yeah, we're the stream is just on fire tonight. There's a realistic chance we might not be able to get to everyone tonight because I, I do have to go here very, very soon. Crudum, Chris again, love you, buddy. Thanks. It was great talking with you. Appreciate the support. He goes, again, thanks for having me on the pod. It was fun. And with the jitters out of the way, I'd love to come back and go again. Also, Drew will start. But if he flops early on, I see them easily swapping, uh, swapping in Bridgewater. Yeah, Crudum, you did just fine, dog. You did just fine. You know, we try to tell the, our, our superstars when we bring them on, hey, don't think about that there's people watching, you know, hundreds. And eventually, you know, these podcasts get seen by thousands and are listened to by tens of thousands. Don't think about that. Just It's just us here. We're just talking shop. So you did fine, Chris. I didn't sense jitters. Zach, did you? Not at all. I mean, we're just all talking Broncos. We're all around the figurative water cooler. We're all having a drink, just talking and being a part of Broncos country. So I think Chris did a great job. And pretty much every guest that we brought on, Chad, I think is handling themselves really. It's not easy at all. As we both know, it's not easy, and I think everyone that stepped up to the plate has done really well, Chris included. All right, we got one here from Samaki, Samakai Hill. Appreciate you. He had uh, two Super Chats. The first one said, I really wanted us to trade up to seven and get fields. And then this one says, I wanted us to trade up to get fields, but now with the, tre- the Teddy trade, I hope we get either J.C. Horn or Micah Parsons at nine or trade back to at least 15 to 20, Zach. I don't know that I would like Horn at number nine. I think that's a little bit of a, I don't want to say reach, but it's so anticlimactic. You can get a cornerback. Like we just talked about Elijah Molden in the second round. You can get a guy in the third round. I mean, it's a pressing need, but I'd take Micah Parsons over JC Horn any day of the week. John, we got another t- um, Tony D, Tony D.A. Dub, another Crudum, Garrett, Ben, Dank Buds in the shop, Braden, Simon, Jake King. I mean, we've got like, 20 supers that we have not been able to get to rapid fire time quite yet. So here's what I'm going to do. Um, we might not be able to show every single one on the screen, but we're going to stay true to our philosophy and get to everyone. All right. So John, as, as after we get Tony, I'm just going to start spitting names. And while I'm spitting them and covering their question, if you can find their super and throw it up, just throw it up there. Okay. Uh, Tony, love you, buddy. Locke will run Bridgewater straight to the beach. Teddy is a good backup and a spot starter. Drew should easily win this battle if still with us. Agreed. Good point, Tony. And Zach, the thing you said about, you know, QB ones aren't acquired the day before the draft for a six round pick. That was one of the most, in my opinion, persuasive ways to convey the reality of this situation as I've heard all day. 
I just, you know, I think he really, te- like you said, telegraphed his intention and making this trade the the time he made it. He didn't even wait till during the draft in, as, in the mid rounds. He waited till the night before specifically. And I think there's something to that. So I think Locke will be given this, the the opportunity to start and be that quarterback one. Garrett, thank you for that super chat. Connect with us on Twitter and welcome, my friend. Really do appreciate you. Uh, we got one here, another one from Cruden that says, if Peyton does acquire a QB in round one, do you see them trading off Locke? If so, who are the most likely candidates for that trade? I just don't see it happening, dude. I really don't, Chris. I don't see the Broncos trying uh, taking a quarterback, but, you know, uh, they're, they're, pick the QB needy teams. Those would be the teams yeah. that might be open to, you know, that are missing out on the QB market in this year's draft. New England, Chicago, Washington, those kind of teams. Yes. Um, here's one from, <clears throat> excuse me, Ben. Thank you, my friend, Ben Dover. Teddy doesn't raise the ceiling, but I'd rather pay three mil for him than pay 10 mil for Dalton or Fitzpatrick. A shrewd move. Still hoping Lance falls at nine. Zach. This is kind of, to me, like the Melvin Gordon move in the inverse. I like the contract and not the player. For three, you know, four and a half million dollars total for 2021 and giving up only a six round pick for a veteran quarterback compared to like with the contracts that even Tyrod Taylor and Jacoby Brissett are getting out there. For, from a financial standpoint, Peyton hit a home run with this move, Chad. Dang buds and black metal. Thanks, buddy. Is it possible that Peyton might be gearing up to add Locke in on a deal to trade up to Atlanta? Is it possible? Sure. Is it probable? I don't see it, my friend. They're not going that high. Um, Willie's saying they're already starting to fire to say fire Peyton. Really? I haven't seen that yet. He goes, love it. Love you, Willie. Appreciate you, dog. And by the way, here's Willie. Shout out as well. John. John has been earning his. He's singing for his supper tonight with how active the chat is. So appreciate you guys. Appreciate John. Um, all right. Braden Poff. Appreciate the super chat. He says he's just showing some love. Thank you, my friend. Thank Forgive you. us. We can't show your super chat right now because we just got to mow through. We're, we're way late. Simon again, Zach says, not a f- huge fan of Teddy, but wow, what a deal by Peyton. I still think if Lancer Fields fall to nine, they take him. No, I'm comfortable with the QB room as it is, but how can we leave that talent on the board, Zach? It depends how they you know, evaluate and how they rate those quarterbacks. Some reports say they, they love Trey Lance. Others say they love Justin Fields. Others say they love Mac Jones. We have no way of knowing that for sure. I think they'll give some some knowledge to it, but I believe if they were firmly interested, Chad, would they have made this trade the night before the draft? That's my point, and I don't think yeah. so. Uh, Jake, thank you, buddy. I don't care what position. I'm just ready to see who's the newest member of the Orange and Blue. Same. We feel you there, Jake. Yeah. All right. Um, guys, I don't think we're – Gerald, appreciate you. He goes, what round do we try? We got that one. Mark Anthony got that one. Big Kid. Rook got that one. Michaela got you. That Very generous. Here's Michael Carmelini. Can't make it. I'll catch it when I get home. Teddy came cheap, so hopefully Zach doesn't go off too bad, says Michael Carmelini. So, not too bad. Michael. Not too bad. I've um, had worse. Christian says, check my DM, Chad, and Drew will hashtag shock the world. I will check that tonight, buddy. Uh, Simon, again, can't wait to see what – oh, we got that one. And then uh, Samaki Hill, we got those. I think, actually, I think we are current here, John. Yeah, so, guys, thank you so much for just the outpouring – Please don't take it when we have to rapid fire at the end as if we are unappreciative of your support. We are. It's just that we only have so many minutes to get these shows out. And, um, you know, sometimes that's just the way it goes. But thanks to each and every one of you. Samaki, you as well. If not a QB this year, do we next year for sure. Depends on Drew. 
Depends entirely on how this next coming this coming season shakes out. But Zach, tomorrow night, let's tell everyone we're going live at five thirty. All right, Mountain Time, seven thirty Eastern. Our pre-draft kind of ramp up, and then the, sh- the show starts, so to speak. The draft starts at the top of the hour, six Mountain, eight Eastern. So we'll be doing the War Room a draft party at MHH. Hope to see each and every one of you there. It's going to be a gas. And Zach, can't wait to see what happens. Sign us off, bro. Yeah, I mean, the next time we talk to you guys, it'll be the draft kicking off in mere minutes, and then the draft is actually here. It's wild, Chad, leading up to this moment. We've been speculating and analyzing and predicting for months and months and months now. Go ahead. I was just going to say, I almost forgot to do this. Travis, thanks for becoming a supporter on Facebook. We saw that a couple days back. Appreciate you, my friend. We'll circle back. Just keep uh, keep coming, keep showing up, keep contributing to the cause, contributing to the conversation, and we can maybe make that happen in the near future. But really appreciate you, Doug, as you were, Zach. I'll make it quick. I'm just excited to see who the Broncos pick tomorrow night, regardless whether it's a quarterback or a cornerback. I'm just happy that the draft is here. We will see you guys, though, for the, the live watch party for the draft tomorrow night, 7.30 Eastern, 5.30 Mountain. Be there. We appreciate everyone's support. It's going to be a fun night, guys. Take care. And as always, go Broncos. You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal.